at this point in my life, like I had already gone through the infertility. I had my baby. We were traveling. The pandemic wasn't here. I felt invincible. I was living literally my best life. You know, that feeling of like, yeah. you're on top of the world. And then in a second, I went from invincible to breakable. And I was like, wow, it was just such a wake up call. Mm-hmm. And then I cried. And then I said, God, why me? And then I said, God, thank you that it's me and not my children or my husband. Because I can handle this. You know, yeah. I, I can handle this. I can't handle watching my loved ones suffer. But yeah. I can do this. I can do anything. Welcome to the Find Your Strong podcast. I'm Jennifer Van Barneveld Pay, president of Strong Fitness Magazine, founder of Team Strong Girls, and fitness coach turned fitness publisher. Each week, I'm going to give you a thought or an interview of how to build stronger bodies, stronger minds, and stronger relationships. Getting to where I am now has been nothing short of a journey of the ultimate highs and the deepest of lows. I've had my fair share of setbacks, near bankruptcy, an eating disorder, and multiple miscarriages. You name it, I lost my way time and time again. But through it all, I uncovered my purpose, which gave me the perseverance to find my strong and stay the course. I've spent more than 15 years coaching women, and I know that fitness is a vessel to help you feel strong, confident, and empowered in your body and your life. If you're looking for inspiration and motivation, you've come to the right place. You are not going to want to miss this. Hello, and welcome back to the show. On today's episode, I'm joined by Rita Catalino. Rita has graced the cover of seven international fitness magazines, including Oxygen and Women's Health. She also competed in bikini on the Arnold stage and is a fitness trainer and nutritionist herself, helping other women to regain their shine. Most recently, Rita has signed a book deal with the top publisher in the Nordic countries, Bonaire, and will be co-writing a 12-week guide book with top-selling author and friend, Maria Borlius. On today's chat, we talk about some topics that are not really discussed. Rita suffered 10 years of infertility and most recently gave birth in 2018 to her miracle boy, Gabriel. Rita also was diagnosed with stage 2 melanoma last year and is now cancer-free. This woman truly turns her struggles into strengths. You won't want to miss this. Hi, Rita, and welcome to the show. I am so excited to chat with you today. We've been in the fitness industry for a while together, and until a few weeks ago, never really officially had a conversation. It's crazy. And you're like, you're somebody, you know, mutual people have said, you and Jennifer, you and Jennifer. And so it's, uh, here we are. Better late than never. Better late than never. Yeah, I know we've shot with so many of the same photographers and every time like, you know, when I'm sitting in the makeup chair, they're like, you have to meet Rita. You guys are <laughs> you guys are so similar. You have so many commonalities. So I'm really, really thankful that we finally connected. Me too. And I am so pumped to dig deep with you today and share your story of infertility as well as your scare with skin cancer and how you just kept living a healthy and fit lifestyle through it all. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> um, and I know, I know your story a bit. Like I know that you've, you, you're not, you, you didn't always live like this. What was your aha moment when you finally started to take better care of yourself and, you know, better care physically and mentally? When, when did that happen for you? Well, I was raised in a typical Italian household where, you know, my father was an immigrant and had to settle with nothing. And so when he came to Canada and 
found an abundance of everything. The way that he showed love through to my sister and I was through food, right? Like we were always, and I don't like the word force fed, but it was like eat, eat, eat. You know, and I know that's typical amongst many uh, European immigrant families. It's like the food is is the kind of the feminine. Yeah, it's the nucleus of the family. And so my mother struggled her whole life with um, her weight. I watched her go through every diet and she was such a successful businesswoman. And that was kind of like her dark shadow. And I got to see that because I lived with her. She was my mom. And I remember being really young and saying like, I don't want that to be me. I, you know, like it was like, that was part of my blueprint, part of my narrative. But as I, you know, became an adolescent and a teenager and a young adult, it became who I was. It was like, I didn't know any better. I didn't know how to leave this, this world of, overeating and chips at night and my parents didn't didn't know any better it's not their fault they 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 knew what they knew and it wasn't until and i found some ways to lose weight when i was i was studying abroad in spain and all the girls smoked a lot of cigarettes and they ate very little and they used it to suppress hunger so i went along that route thinking like this this is what you do so yeah i started smoking under eating and, and the weight started to come off and i started to get this like positive feedback from people and so my my aha moment came when when i gave birth to my daughter in 2007 she's almost 14 and it came then because i thought this little person i remember you know i went through a natural labor and i was looking at this little person i'm like how can i go on living this unhealthy lifestyle you know and expect better from her i need to break this cycle now and it was because of her that i decided to make a change wow I love that. I feel like when you become a mom, you you really start to reflect on like your own childhood. Like I remember my mom was the same. She didn't really like to exercise. Uh, we owned a family restaurant, food, food, food everywhere. And she'd of- often ask me like, do I look fat in this? And then she'd try another diet. And I remember that too. Even even though I, I have two boys, I I never wanted them to see that, you know, like me asking if I look fat or like me trying another like cabbage... Cabbage soup cabbage diet, soup right? Diet. Yeah, <laughs> cabbage soup diet. <laughs> Who does that? Yeah, yeah. What what rules do you live by now? Like, I know that your life is so much more busier now with like two kids. You're writing, you're writing a book now, which we'll get into in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But what has stayed consistent? I know, like fitness has definitely, you know, it evolves in your life as you grow through life. How what what has stayed consistent for you? I think when I picked up my first dumbbell, uh, it was all about like my ticket to fit, my ticket to skinny. It was like a means to an end. I'm going to pick this up. I'm going to get to my goal weight and I'll put it down. That was my assumption. But I became, you know, addicted in a healthy way. It became, you know, part of part of who I was. Um, at the beginning, I would say the first seven years when I was in fitness competing and fitness modeling and everything it was more obsessive and it was always you know to get more muscle and to look a certain way and as my life has evolved and now i've been almost 15 years in the industry it's just taken on different forms but it's always been the glue that has kept everything together and i know we're going to touch on some of the struggles that i've faced including infertility including um, melanoma my father had cancer you know we were kicked out of our home due to lack of finances like so many things in my life has got have gone on in those 15 years and the one constant has always been weightlifting and even if it wasn't to get skinny like 
I've had obviously hormone fluctuations with the loss of, of the period for nine years. And my body has looked so different throughout those 14 years, but it wasn't about looking a certain way anymore. It was like my therapy. So it was a constant in my life and it still is. And now we're in a, we're facing a year pandemic now. And that was an, that was not an excuse for me to let the weights go. So I found different ways. I found basement workouts. I found workouts with my son, you know, in my arms. And you just yeah. figure things. Yeah. You figure things yeah. out. And so for me, that has been the glue and the constant in my life, regardless of the curveballs that life throws. I love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, I feel like, you know, you can work on your physical strength. There's just something about gaining that physical strength that like trickles into all aspects of your life, right? 100%. It's not just the physical strength you're gaining. You're gaining mental strength. You're gaining when you just be, feel good and you feel like you're strong, you're strong in all areas of your life and you have that clarity. Do you still, do you still train? Like, how, like how often were you training when you were getting all those covers and competing? Like, has that changed? Like, yeah, the length of- yeah, that's changed. So before it was like, okay, leg day twice a week. It was probably six to seven days a week of some type of, of intense training. And it was like a body group would be like, it was shoulder day, you know, now shoulders. <laughs> yeah. It was like shoulder day. Uh, but now it's more, I would say I wake up, I, I, I listen to my body. Some days it's a walk. You know, I, I respect my hormonal state a lot more. And, you know, I know a lot of people don't take that into consideration when they're younger, but as we age and hormones fluctuate and mm-hmm. I, I, what, do, what does your body need today? What needs a little bit more grace? At least, that, that's not an excuse for me not to move my body. Maybe it's a walk outside. Yeah. Maybe it's a yoga flow. Maybe it's something light, you know, and then another day I might have that energy. just like, I want to crush some weights. And so I crush some weights. So it's not a program per se that I'm following. Like when I was competing or on, on the cover of magazines, which is very specific. It's more now, okay. What does my body need today? And I, and I respect yeah. that. That's awesome. I, I know myself, like I used to train for like an hour, you know, or past oh, an hour. Yeah. And now it's like 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. 40, 45 is like, wow. I yeah. Really yeah. 45 is a really good workout. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now I re- I'm going to switch some, uh, switch gears a bit. Cause I remember very vividly um, watching your Facebook live on your infertility and your fertility journey. And I was bawling because I just had my second miscarriage. I had two miscarriages in between Jackson and and Logan. And I didn't know at that point that I was going to have a second. And I didn't know that you were ever struggling with that. Can you share that story with our listeners? Because I know how many women are struggling with this right now. And I know that you have your miracle baby, Gabriel. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. could you shed some light on that and share some insight? Yeah. Yeah. I... Oh, goodness. Where do I start? So I, I went through, and I don't know a lot of people, I, for me to get to the, the state of physical body that I had when I was, you know, competing, for example, for somebody who's a little bit thicker, a little bit more Italian, I had to really push the envelope. And by that mean, probably under eating a little bit, probably overtraining a little bit to attain the goals that I wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. Not everybody does that. Some people are born with a leaner body and and, you know, I got to the point where I lost my menstruation and I thought I would just get it back. I just thought, okay. And, and all my doctors said, it's typical. It's called the athlete triad syndrome, symptom syndrome. You'll get it back every three months. And I never did. And so one year went by and I was like, whatever it, 
I don't miss my period. Like who misses their period, right? (laughs) Nobody. And my daughter was maybe two or three. And my husband and I truly thought we didn't want any more children. So I was like, whatever. I was 29 when I lost my period. This is awesome. And I kept going and I kept going. I think it was about the five-year mark of not menstruating ever, like not even a show. It was like I started to get symptoms of menopause. Like I started to get, because all my hormones were gone. Like, you know, so I started getting really tired and lack of sexual drive and my hair was brittle and I really got some like fine lines and I started to age really quickly. And on top of that, my husband and I really were serious about having that second child, especially seeing my daughter uh, being raised as an only child. So that's when I decided to go to an infertility doctor and and their method is not, let's look at, and it's unfortunate with modern day medicine and and, and Western medicine, they don't want to look at the root cause because it's a really long route. And a lot of people don't want to look at the root cause. They want the quick fix. They want the band-aid. Yeah. Whereas, so it was... It was poking me and prodding me and putting me on and on, you know, um, uh, cyclical hormones and this and that. And I didn't want to do that. And so my, my journey was very hard for me emotionally as well, because I looked at myself to blame. Because if I wasn't willing to get poked and prodded and go through IVF and do all this, I guess my yearning for a second child wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. So I would blame myself. And then I started blaming myself that I got here because of my competing. And then I started to blame myself for not giving my husband another child. And then I started to say, okay, well, maybe I don't want it that bad. I'll just advance my career. So then I would focus on my career for a bit, but that deep desire and yearning for another child never went away, right? So it was this just constant struggle of like up and down and up and down. And I finally decided to leave weightlifting. And I know that sounds weird, but I did. I didn't, my only identity was lifting heavy weights. Yeah. I didn't know how to do a light weight or a, or one day a week. I didn't know. So I had to kind of go to the opposite extreme. Mm-hmm. I stopped weightlifting. I started eating a lot more different types of foods. I started incorporating some supplements and you would think, oh, my period's going to come back. It took like two years of struggles. Wow. And, and then finally I had my first period and I remember getting that period thinking to my husband, oh my God, we can have another baby. And I was 40, almost 40. I was almost 39. I was like, okay, let's give this a go. And, and we did. And, and, and I got pregnant really quickly, naturally. And, um, and here I am. And I have a two-year-old miracle baby, as you can call it. Yeah. And, and you know what? He is. I mean, he is. But I'm biased. I'm his mom. But <laughs> no, he's so cute. <laughs> but... anybody who's going through anything right now, just don't give up. Like I had everything against me, you know, to not get pregnant. The doctor said it's impossible. I hit early onset menopause. I had every symptom of menopause. I mean, I went through so much. And then I I think about don't give up. And I was saying, baby G never gave up on me because there were so many times that I threw in the towel, right? But he was always meant to be. I think it's interesting that you said like that you really listened to your body. Like you sort of knew like, okay, I got to, I got to step away from, from going too hard. And like, I did the same. I, I sort of lightened my workouts up. I, I started eating more healthy fats. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's important too, like not to just, you know, really, really, really look at your lifestyle and see what adjustments you can make. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I you. And you know, stress stress is there, and we look at weightlifting, and you know, I know it's different when you're 20 than when you're 40, but weightlifting is amazing 
it's but it has to have that that proper balance right the balance because mm. it's a stress on your body your body perceives all stress the same yeah positive stress and negative stress so weightlifting is a stressor on your body so when you take it to the extreme and you don't give yourself those rest days which are so important mm-hmm. um then, then you may get yourself in trouble so yeah no that's 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 some really great points um i i even feel it myself like i mentioned it before like my workouts are only half an hour to 45 minutes and if i go longer you know four or five days a week i feel it i'm tired i'm sluggish mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's really important to listen to your body and what you you know find that balance there And you also uh, experienced another struggle recently with skin cancer. Um, You know, all of us fitness people love that sudden kissed look. And I myself used to go to tanning beds. I have tons of moles as well. So I really resonated with with your posts. And, and, you know, when you took us through that journey of yours, my mom also had skin cancer in her nose. So how how was it like when you found out what, how did you react yeah, well, I was in a spin class. I'll never forget. And I got the I got the call from the doctor, and I remember her telling me all the news. And this is stage two melanoma. And we have to take you for. We have to remove some lymph nodes. We have to see if the cancer spread. And all I'm here is like cancer spread operation. I'm like, can I call you back? And I went back to my spin class, and I finished the class because it was. I was just like, just leave me alone right now. Yeah, I just I needed to do that. And then I ran in my car and I bawled my eyes out, and I just thought about like leaving two children without a mom and you know at the point i got the news it was it was about a year ago i guess it was november of 2020 and no sorry november of 2019 and i remember at this point in my life like i had already gone through the infertility i had my baby we were traveling the pandemic wasn't here i felt invincible i was living literally my best life you know that feeling of like you're on top of the world. And in a second, I went from invincible to breakable. And I was like, wow, it was just such a wake up call. Mm -hmm. And then I cried. And then I said, God, why me? And then I said, God, thank you. That's me and not my children or my husband, because I can handle this. You know, I I can handle this. I can't handle watching my loved ones suffer, but I can do this. I can do anything. And I did. They they took it out. They took out some lymph nodes. It didn't spread. Thank God. I have a huge scar. Like, this on my back and under my armpit and just another scar for the for the <laughs> for the body it's yeah it's cool it's just a reminder and uh it is and you know now i get my moles checked every three months and every three months okay every wow. three months yeah. my doctor puts me under a light and they check them all i have a lot of moles i had i had one removed i've had about five removed when i was in grade five and grade six yeah. i've had them removed mine my type of skin cancer is not exasperated by the sun per se, although I'm now way more um, sun smart. Mine is more genetic hormone. Um, yeah, so not all skin cancers are the same. There's basal cell, which is mostly um, skin related. Related. Um, this type of melanoma is not always um, affected by the sun. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, no. but so they- everybody should be should get checked everybody should get checked their moles if you have something weird even take a picture of it and every six months take a picture of it and compare you can do your own checks like i'm very vigilant now like when i take my shot and put my cream on there's a few that i just like to watch mm-hmm. uh, you look at borders you look at color you look at size and you look at um texture like if it starts to get kind of uh, 
like 3D or different textures and just just ask your doctor because I had zero symptoms and a lot of people ask me that I had zero symptoms I was living life I didn't know my my dermatologist I was getting a Botox <laughs> out of everything and she's like oh I know she's like go check this mole out and I was like whatever everybody tells me that and, and I did and she's like oh that one's fine it's just ugly but we'll check the rest they biopsied it and it came back to stage two melanoma so just wow. It's not that you have all these symptoms and signs. It's just kind of a silent killer. So. Wow. Yeah, you just reminded me to go get mine checked again. I've, I've had moles removed as well, and I have a lot to keep an go. eye on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go. Be proactive. Like, it's, we have to be proactive. I'm going through something else right now, and I'm like, okay, I just went for an ultrasound. And you have to be proactive yeah. with your health because yeah. or else you just slip under the radar. So you yeah. need to really listen to your body. Yeah, it was even the same when I had the miscarriage. I was like, you know what? I want, I want, like, even miscarriages are a normal thing. So normally your doctor will wait till like you have your third or fourth to even refer you to a fertility clinic. But I did so much research. Like, I pretty much knew I was low in progesterone before the doctor did any tests, but I did that all on my own. Like, I really Mm -hmm. researched it. I got my own tests done by a natural path. I feel like you really do have to take your health into your own hands and do your research and know what to ask for. So that's super important. But thanks so much for sharing that with yeah. us. I know these are not easy things to talk about, but that's if really... If I can help one person get a mole check, if I can help somebody who's going through infertility have a little bit of hope, if I can... And that's, that's it, right? Absolutely. And tell us about your book, because I know you've been working super hard on it. Um, it's What's it called? Your, is it your 12-week guide? So it's it's actually, it's a co-writ, right? So it's a long story. I'm going to need a really quick background, but it's a, it's a client of mine who I've been working with for about 10 years online. She lives in Sweden. She's Swedish and she's kind of like the Swedish Oprah Winfrey. She's well known by everybody. In she's, she's a scientific journalist. She's been writing in newspapers and she's written books and she's just this amazing, amazing woman. And I had the pleasure of, of her being my, my client online for so many years. She came to visit me here in Canada and we visited each other in Spain. We've, we've been just this, you know, collaborative kind of team for a long time. And she wrote three best selling books, um, in the past four or five years in Swedish. And they went, you know, number one, number one. And, and the one she wrote about me and how I've changed her life. So the, um, we've decided to join together and write. Um, a very hands-on guide, but it's not just your typical guide, follow this, follow that. We really go in depth. We share our own stories at the same time. We give people a tangible guide to take home with them. It's going to be in Swedish, um, eventually in English, but right now it's just going to be in Swedish. And we're almost done. We hit it in a big chunk last week. Um, our script's due in March, so we're, we're almost there. And then I fly out to Sweden in June. Uh, we have a big photo shoot and it's it's a really they, they make beautiful books the uh, publisher we're working with is the same it's the number one publisher in sweden they work on uh they're the same people who do the nobel peace prize and they make beautiful beautiful hardcover coffee cup like you you're going to pick up this book and just want to like look at the pictures it's very oh. beautiful and swedish i call it like sweet sweden swedes use this term called hugga I don't know if you know about it, but it, it's it, it's kind of like what makes you feel good. Think about like warm tea. Warm fuzzies. <laughs> fuzzies. Warm fuzzies. Like you're going to pick up this book and just want to be by the fire and, and read it. So I'm super excited. Oh, that's so um, Yeah, I'm really excited. It's been a great process writing. I, I've noticed that. I've realized that writing is my thing more than, more than speaking. I like writing. 
That's really true. And will it be available here? Like, will you be able to purchase it here? No, event, not yet. Not yet. Eventually. Not yet. Eventually. eventually it will. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. You know, like a lot of people that I've, that I've spoken to that, that have written books, it's like, it's like a baby, you know, you're, it is. Like, oh, it's like process. It is. It is. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and one last question for you as we wrap yeah. up, what does the word strong mean to you? Well, if you asked me a long time ago, it would have been like to do 20 push-ups and 10 pull-ups and, <laughs> um, yeah, now I would say it's, I guess it would be showing up the best version of you in the face of adversity. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, in, in all aspects of life, you know, there's emotional strength, physical strength, mental strength. There's all those different kinds of strengths. And when you show up being the best version of you, regardless of what life throws at you, like I said, I've been so many of my own obstacles in life. That's true strength. So yeah, yeah. yeah. being the really best version of you. Yeah. Sorry. I love it, Rita. You, you've really turned all your struggles into strengths and it was so amazing to chat with you today. I know our listeners definitely got some inspiration and hope from you. So thank, thank you, you for sharing your fertility struggle and your skin cancer scare. Like these are topics, you know, not not a lot of people talk about. So you're really strong to shed light on this and your experience with it. Um, and like I said, you definitely turned all your struggles into strengths and I cannot wait for your book coming out. So please keep me in the loop for that. I will. I will. And I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to chat with me. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks, Lisa. And that's a wrap on another episode. Guys, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I just love being able to share these strong stories and thoughts with you. And I hope you were able to take away a piece of inspiration from today. If there's one favor I could ask, please keep sharing, post a screenshot, share a direct link with a friend or post a review and help spread the word so more people can tune in and find their strong. And if you ever wanted to subscribe to our Strong Fitness Magazine and get the physical copy mailed to your doorstep, For more inspiration and motivation, I will include the link in the show notes and please feel free to use my Strong Girl 3 discount code to save. Guys, I cannot wait for the next show. I'm Jennifer Van Barneveld Pay. Take care and stay strong.